Welcome to Hustle and Pro Season 2, talking sports in Frisco from youth to pro. Now here's your host, Kelly Walker. Welcome to today's episode of Hustle and Pro. We're talking with Eric Holman today. Eric is a Texas Legends player, so we're going to hear from him about his journey to the G League and what he brings to this team on and off the court. Hey, Eric, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. First of all, I want to get your opinion kind of fresh in my mind as we're turning this All-Star Weekend break here. Did you watch All-Star Weekend coverage and activity? Yes, ma'am. All right, so what what are your thoughts on, like, um, three-point shootout, the new the new green ball. I can't remember what it was a sponsored ball, but whatever that green ball was. Do you like that new addition? Uh, yes, I, I like it a lot just because of the transition of the game. You know, people are starting to shoot further out and not as close to the three-point line, so it's letting them show their talents also while they're having fun. So you're a three-point shooter, yes? Yes, ma'am. Where would your money ball rack be when you get to shoot in the three-point competition? I'd probably say the left corner. Left corner. Yes. So not the baseline, but the next one over. Mm-hmm. So do you make that your second shot or your second to last shot? You know how like most of them wait and have their money ball rack at the end? Do you think that's a good strategy or are they too tired? Um, it just depends on where, where you feel like you're hot at, you know, where you know you're going to knock down shots in. So I, w- I would put mine last. Okay, so save it till the end to yes, get ma'am. that rhythm going. So what about the dunk contest? It was a controversial year. So did you grow up watching dunk contests? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So what are your favorite, like when you think of your favorite dunk contest memories, who is it? Oh, uh, I would definitely say the, the Zach Levine and Aaron, Aaron Gordon year. Yes. All right. So speaking of Aaron Gordon, so, well, what's your favorite, like, are those your favorite guys, dunkers, like dunking style guys, or was that just your favorite, like, competition year? Uh, that was just my favorite competition. Who's your favorite person to, to watch dunk? Um, I'll probably say uh, Sean Kemp. Okay. You know, he's an older guy, yeah. but just what he bring to the game as he's dunking, you know, it was pretty pretty cool to watch. Yeah, so there was controversy this year because, um, what, they had to go extra rounds, and I don't know, I don't think they all had it all figured out beforehand, so that was kind of part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Now the judges are saying they thought it was going to be one way or the other. So um, what was your favorite thing this, that we saw a lot of new stuff this year, so what was your favorite thing you saw on the slam dunk this year? I mean, there, there was creativity there. You know, but just basically the main thing was just guys just, you know, just having fun and seeing what um, Derrick Jones Jr. could do, you know. you know, I mean, people know him for jumping and just so for him to be able to be on that stage and do good, you know, is, is a great thing. Yeah, he was fun to watch. Absolutely. He just has like a, he just looks good in the air. He's all the slow-mos. He looks really, you know, like picturesque mm-hmm. that he can do. Okay, so... Some quick hits to kind of get to know you and your personal sports style a little better. What's your favorite sports movie? Uh, favorite sports movie would probably be um, Glory Road. Glory Road? Mm. That's a new answer. I haven't gotten that one yet. Okay, who's your favorite athlete of all time? LeBron James. LeBron. That was quick. That was easy. What's your favorite sport to watch? Basketball, definitely. What's your favorite sport to play? Baseball. Okay, that's where I was, I was wondering that because I've read that about you, right? So um, you've talked about how baseball, how much you love baseball, and it was a big part of your life. So tell me a little more about that. Like, when did you get the bug for baseball? Um, I would say I, I was around like eight or nine. You know, I was just hanging out. I uh, stayed over with one, with one of my friends, and he had a baseball game the next day. So I went with him and his family, and I was just out there. I just picked up the glove and just started throwing back and forth with him. And his dad was like, have you ever played? I was like, no, sir. He's like, do you want to play? I was like, yeah. So 
I would say probably like a week or so later, you know, they end up getting me on the team, and I just fell in love with it uh, after that. So you just naturally could, like, picked up the ball and could, could throw and catch on day one? Yes, ma'am. So that's interesting because, I mean, I've got little little ones and I've coached Little League, and it takes a while sometimes for boys to figure that part of it out. So you already knew right away that you could do it, like you were ready to go play. I wouldn't say I, I knew, mm-hmm. but – when I seen how, how they were playing, like just catching it or whatever, I kind of just, you know, put it in perspective. Like, okay, that looks easy, yeah. you know, so I just yeah. tried it. And when did you start pitching? I would, I would say that same year, you know, just because oh. I was bigger than everybody. But, you know, um, I really didn't perfect my craft until probably like three years later, you know, because um, I was so much bigger. So I threw the ball harder, you know, so they wanted me to put, they wanted to put me on the mound. But I really didn't have control of it um, at the time. So it, it took some time, but I definitely fell in love with it, though, with the process. And you played through high school? Yes. Like for your high school team? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So at what point did you realize you had to make a decision for to uh, not be a two-sport athlete? Were I, you a two-sport athlete through high school, right? Yes. Okay. So, um, I wouldn't say it was a decision. Um, to be honest, you know, uh, um, baseball was my first love. You know, um, I feel like I was going to go to college for it, you know do some things with that but there was a time where me and my uh coach kind of got in got into it with baseball and he told me stop playing like travel basketball you know focus on baseball Mm -hmm. and it kind of hurt me so ever since that day I I set my glove down and you know just you know he motivated me to be where I'm at now wow I think coaches influence dual sport athletes a lot more than people realize. I mean, the pressure you get just to focus on one or to drop the other one from the coaches. It's maybe not always, you know, your household or even you or your friends, but it can be the coaches that drive you in one direction or the other. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so tell me what you feel like off the court. Or I'm sorry, let's start with on the court. So on the court, tell me what do you bring to your team? What have you brought in the past? What are you bringing to the legends right now? Um, I would say right now, just um, just bring in, um, like, a, a leader standpoint, you know, just keeping everybody on their toes, you know, while still joking and, and making people laugh, you know. Um, I feel like you shouldn't go a day without laughing, you know. So um, I bring that, and also I bring, you know, the, the ability to play the game and think it through. So um, I cherish that. So if I asked one of your teammates, so if I asked one of your teammates to describe you and your personality... What do you think their answer is? Um, probably say one of the funniest guys they ever met. That's right. Yes. So Chad Brown, I asked him behind the scenes, said, hey, I'm going to interview Eric coming up because he's been on this podcast before. So I said, I'm going to interview Eric. What, what do you say to describe him? And so his two words to describe you were funny and entertaining. Have you always been that guy? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, because, you know, most of the time when I come in the room, you know, I'm the tallest person there. So I don't want people to feel, you know, awkward or weird so I kind of just burst the bubble and you know introduce myself and just be me. So you use it as kind of a icebreaker so that people aren't as intimidated by you? You don't want people to be intimidated by you? No not at all. All right so what I mean so you're funny like are you like always cracking jokes picking on people what's your like what's your style? I've heard you mic'd up with the legends so I know it's funny. (laughs) You're just always cracking jokes. Absolutely cracking jokes you know um I, I love movies. I love crack. I like you know, saying like movie lines. Like you know, at the right moment though, like it has yeah. to match the moment. You know, dancing. You know, singing. Just doing a little bit of everything. 
What movie lines are you quoting? Or what movie's from? Because, uh, I mean, I'm much older than you, so I'm curious. Because, like, when you were born, I was picking out my college, you know, first year of college stuff and getting settled at Texas Tech. So what movie lines is a 22-year-old quoting? I would say, uh, obviously, Glory Road, um, The Longest Yard, Training Day, something from one of the Friday movies. Yeah, okay. Um, just, yeah, just a little bit of everything. Okay. All right. So I want to talk about your kind of your basketball path. So you were an undrafted, um, you were undrafted and then you went to the Lakers for a little bit before making your way to the Mavs. Now you're doing your thing here in Frisco and seem to be in a good place. I feel like this team is, or you're a good fit for this team and this community is a good fit for you. So looking back, when you look back on where you are here and your time in Frisco, so how do you want this to be described like as a part of your journey? Um, I, I wanted to be described as, you know, just uh, a part of life that that I became successful in, you know. Um, obviously, you know, with this game, the NBA is not going anywhere. So, you know, basically you just got to be patient and uh, just take one day at a time and, and just go with, the, go with the flow, you know. So, I mean, it's the G League. It's the developmental league. So what have you already felt so far um, change and grow as for you personally? Um, you know, people describe the G League like it's going to be easy or whatever, but it's it's not. You know, there's great players in there, uh, great coaches, and great organizations, just like the one I'm in now. So, um, I would say, um, basically, just not taking this this opportunity for granted. You know, that's the biggest thing because you know, yeah, it's a, it's the development league, but it's also a chance to showcase your talent and who you are off the court. You know, you never know where it could lead a- after basketball. So speaking of that, so I hear that you're a giver. Like you've kind of been known um, as a volunteer in your community. So why is that important to you personally? Uh, to be honest, just because I didn't have that growing up. You know, um, I had role models, but, you know, I would say they, they kind of let me down at, at one point in life. So, But they always um, stayed on my back, you know, telling me, like, yo, you, you can't do this or, you know. So... I took advantage of that and, and just make sure that I give back and, and um, just go speak to people, speak to kids, you know, because all, all you need is one just to motivate, you know, another one and another one after that. So I just take that to heart and, and do the best I can. Yeah. When you say people telling you, like, you, you can't do this or that, you mean, like, in a negative way, like keeping you down and so you had to go pull yourself back up? No, I would say uh, definitely positive, oh, you okay. know. Okay. Say you can't do that, like, stay out of trouble. Don't go get in trouble. Exactly. Okay. Like, you see your friends going to a party, you can't go there. We're not letting you go down that road, you know, because you see where it, it got me. And I can't let you do that, you know. And, and I cherish them every day. Every time I go home, I talk to them, you know, those same guys, you know, probably twice a month, you know, and, and they're still around now today, you know. Still are these, sure. like, older people that are or your peers? Peer, like coaches and... I, w- I would say best friends, mm-hmm. peers, um, and o- older guys that, you know, maybe grew up with, with my siblings, you know, and watched me grow. So then when you step foot in a school here in town, I know the legends are really good. That's why I feel like when I say community fit with you, they're so good about being out in the community, right? And, and working with kids or just different organizations and groups of people that might need support. So when you walk into a school or you're talking to a group of kids, like what is your message to them? Um, I would say when I step in the schools, um, it's simple. You know, just pay attention to everything, you know, learn as much as you can and just stay positive and, and, and be the best you can be. You know, that, that, that's all it takes. Are you a goal setter? Absolutely. What so are you? I'm always curious when I talk to professional athletes, like, because um, you don't just get here 
because somebody else put you here, right? You probably, hopefully, set small goals along the way or big long-term goals. So, like, off-the-court goals versus on. And I'm always wondering, are you setting seasonal goals, game goals, month-long goals, four-year plans? Like, how do you look at your path? I always start small with my goals. You know, I don't want to, you know, think too big or, or get outside the box, you know, too early. Okay. So um, I start small with, you know, maybe with my workout plan or w- what I need to do today in, in general, you know, how to attend, not to think about tomorrow, you know, because, you know, you can only get to tomorrow after what you do today. So I just tend to think small at, at, at the beginning. Chip away at it. I mean, do you, do you now where you are um, at this stage in your career, do you, it's probably hard to set a specific time frame on your goals to take, you know, to step up now. Do you guys do that or is it just too unknown to know like, you know, later this season, next season, the next season. How do you even approach that? Um, you basically just got to um, just, just stay prepared. You know, you, you build a routine, you stay re- stay prepared because, you know, in, in, in this business, you know, um, you can only control the uncontrollables, you know. So just basically just recognizing that and just being the best you can be and, and going hard every day, you know, um, you'll be ready for when your time is, is, is called. So I hear you're a car guy. Yes. Is that true? Yes. So um, when I was thinking that and I was asking you about your goals, I'm also thinking, like, do you do you have goals that you want to meet so that you can, like, get your dream car, you know, those kinds of things? Absolutely. What's that look like? Um, basically just, you know, becoming financially stable, you know. Um, but my dream car is a, uh, I would say, like a 78 uh, Dodge Charger. You know, I, I like that that era and that that body style. You know, it looks more muscle muscle like. Yeah. So um, I'm in love with cars, though. Do you going to be one of those guys that has like a garage full of old cars that are now? Are you the person that's going to work on them and and make them the way you want, or do you send them to a garage and you'll get them back? Uh, I say I'll do a little bit of both. Okay. You know, but I don't tend to plan on have eight or nine cars. You know, maybe three or four at the most, and then when I want another one, you know, get rid of one, but n- not, I'm not planning on having I always think that's many. funny, because I'm like, I mean, it's great if you just want to go look at your cars, but I mean, you're not going to drive them all. Exactly, yeah. But I know, it's some people's, that's their thing. They want to collect them and mm-hmm. have them all. I watched that show, West Coast Customs. Yes. Did you ever watch that? Yes. It's so fascinating. I know, right? Like, extreme end of redoing cars, but it's so cool how they can take you know, they'll get a celebrity or somebody in there with a wild idea. Like, I just watched the Post Malone episode mm-hmm. recently. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen that I one. I mean, he's crazy. He comes in with, you know, he wants like an 84 Bronco or something. I don't know. And just watching how they turn it around and what they come up with and, and you know, the technology that they put into some of those older model cars yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Is that something you would do? You'd bring it up to speed and make it, you know, with all the sound systems and everything? Absolutely. Um, I don't know. With, with the muscle car, I, w- I would keep it a classic. But like the Bronco, you know, something like that, or um, like an old Trailblazer. Or now that I'm thinking about it, it might have been an Explorer. I can't remember. Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah, I would definitely like to bring it up up to like yes. Okay, so I I always look at Twitter feeds before I talk to somebody, sort of get to know like what you're tweeting. So I have a question about one of the hashtags you use. One four two. What is that? It's uh, it's like a. It's a thing that me and my 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 friends we when we grew up, you know, it's just like a number based thing that we just came up with just to recognize us. You okay. Know, um, so it's, it's like, not a, like an area code 
Oh, no, no, But no, it's no. similar to that, like, representing where you're from? Exactly, exactly. So um, there's a um, it's a group of guys, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of us. Well, not, not a bunch, it's a couple of us. You know, we grew up together. We went to middle school, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school. You know, we still uh, talk today, and we okay. won a state championship together. So, okay. you know, there's just like Basketball? a number. Yes. Yeah. It's a number-based thing we came up with, and. We just ran with it. I don't know what so it it's means. So like, it's like your nod to those guys. So when you use it, like, yes, you, you're, you're communicating and, like, saying hey to those guys. Exactly. Okay. If, you, if you go see those other five or six guys, they probably have it on their page, too. Okay. So. <laughs> Good. See, I was curious. I thought, yeah. am I supposed to know what that is? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's, you can always tell a lot by hashtags. And if Absolutely. you don't know what they are, I'd like to find out just because it obviously means something. You put, mm-hmm. you know, put it out there. So that's cool. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming and telling your story to us. So um, everybody out there who is uh, heading to a Texas Legends game, look up Eric. So it's Eric with an A. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Eric Holman. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode of Hustle and Pro.